episode of Small Town Gospel Podcast. I'm Alana, here with Alex, and today we are going to try to discuss entertainment and the Christian life. Yeah, and uh, one of the reasons we wanted to discuss this is increasingly so as history has progressed and there's more uh, discretionary time in our lives, entertainment has taken on a much larger and central role in life, both for Christians uh, as well as non-Christians. And so it's just an area that uh, we need to think about uh, critically and carefully and biblically. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we could uh, take a little bit of time today and talk about it. Yeah, so our goal today is to just kind of go through uh our personal convictions and interactions and uh thoughts on entertainment and we'll see how far we get we're not trying to tell you what you should or should not do (laughs) we uh are we have a lot of friends in our circle that have many different views and opinions on this and so yeah we're not here to say do this or don't do this uh we're just we just thought we'd share our opinions yeah so I thought before we get into the meat of this, we could take a little bit of time and just share our own interactions with uh, with entertainment. So uh, when it comes to uh, entertainment, <laughs> uh, uh, what are some of your go-to um, forms of entertainment? And- yeah, well, I guess what's been interesting is I've grown up in a house where uh, we are frequent TV watchers, so... When I was in elementary school, while I was getting ready for school, I got to watch a whole episode of whatever TV show was on before I went to school. Um, And that was just a normal part of life. And then as uh, I got older, well, Troy's like really behind the times and when social media started (laughs) influencing life. But like, I would say around high school was when uh, social media really took off around here and that's kind of when we got like cell phone service and stuff uh and so then I delved into the world of access of entertainment right on my phone and that was a real good outlet for me in college after studying or long tests was to just seek some brainless entertainment on my phone uh and I would say that for a lot of my teen years and early 20s, uh, (laughs) um, a huge source of that entertainment would be social media platforms or the easy access world of Netflix, where you can literally find anything Mm -hmm. and as much as you want of it. Oh, boy. Um, And... It has only been in the past few years that I've really been convicted of how entertainment truly affects how I relate to people, how I feel, uh, what is on my mind, what my thoughts are, and how they're influenced. And so I took maybe a year or so ago, I took social media off my phone completely, and I've really reevaluated 
what it looks like to be on Netflix and watch TV shows and when I should do that. And now navigating through how much screen time do I give my child even. So uh, my views on it all (laughs) has been like all over the map. And currently I'm probably in like the most strict entertainment thoughts I've ever been in in my whole life. Mm, Getting all uptight in your old age. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, yeah, I would say for me, um, the, the most eager form of entertainment in my life would be sports. Uh, so if there's a good football game on, um, it's not even really a question. Um, I'll, I'll make a point to watch it. Uh, I spent quite a bit of money a couple years ago to go to Minnesota to buy uh, tickets to see a Minnesota Vikings home game. So that that would be the most obvious area uh, where time and money goes um, mm-hmm. for entertainment. Uh, I do love good movies. I'm I'm drawn mostly to pretty serious. Uh, character-driven kind of movies. I less and less um, like stupid movies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, and then music is one... I I listen to music way less than I used to. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I I listen to podcasts. Same, yeah. uh, More. uh, And I guess that's still sort of a form of entertainment. I I suppose it would depend on the kind of podcast that that one is listening to. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's been one of those uh, relationships... Um, my relationship with entertainment um, has changed and it, I would say pretty influential time period for me. I, I was saved in a Calvary Chapel in Sandpoint, Idaho, and uh, the vibe there was pretty anti-pop culture. Okay. And it was always like, if you if when you were a pagan you liked this here's like the christian version oh. of that okay um and so there was a big push toward that sort of thinking um christians in portland uh have a much more friendly relationship with pop culture um and it's like good art is objectively good mm-hmm. um and you should like good art and that that affected me a lot and i would say right now i'm right in the middle between those two um Hmm. vantage points i guess uh hanging out here in no man's land so (laughs) anyway yeah we'll kind of bring back in some of our own personal uh interactions with this stuff as we go but uh just to get into the place of entertainment uh in our lives uh, you had kind of mentioned that you have become more, for lack of a better word, strict. Uh, what, what are some of the thought processes or, or ideas there? Yeah, so I, as I've studied scripture and really thought about what I should be thinking about, um, <laughs> I've, I came across the fact that like we've been commanded by the Lord through his word to be sober-minded and to rest in the Lord, to delight in the Lord, to find pleasure in Him, to be different from the world. And so I started feeling this tug 
of when I, when most of my thoughts during the day are influenced by what the moms are doing on Instagram and how they parent, (laughs) and how they parent and how I'm falling short of that. And that is where my thoughts are leading. Um, I am not focusing and delighting and trusting in the Lord for my parenting wisdom and for how I'm acting in my family and how I'm serving the Lord through what he's given me to do. Uh, And so I just started thinking, how do I spend my time recreating, enjoying, resting, filling my mind? Uh, What is my heart feeling? Am I focused on the Lord through all of the things that I do during the day? Or am I just trying to like please or be a standard of which social media entertainment is portraying? Uh, And I just came to the conclusion that I cared way too much about what everybody else expected me to look like. And that's kind of where I became more staunch yeah. <laughs> and realized that it's sin in my own heart that I need to focus on. When I remember uh, when we were just becoming uh, pretty close friends, you you uh, confessed how there was like a, a pretty genuine association that happened in your mind of if you would make a, a post on Instagram and it got 100 likes instead of 200 likes, you would question, uh, not not like consciously, but subconsciously, it would make you, uh, it would affect your um, sense of worth. Yeah. That kind of yeah. a thing, um, which is trippy. Yeah, uh, and to... I just know about myself that one of my deep-rooted sins is the desire to please people, uh, and it's a daily constant battle to choose delighting and pleasing the Lord uh, because of the gift of salvation that he's granted me instead of delighting and pleasing in people because there's no reason, like, there's no reason to. Yeah. Uh, like, especially in this case, the social media influencers and the entertainment that I have watched on YouTube or even just in TV shows or movies, it's like they literally don't care if what I'm doing. Right. Uh, and yet I'm putting all this pressure on myself to please them and not delight in the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the the people-pleasing component of this entire discussion is pretty interesting. Yeah. Because uh, I would say when I was my most strict in regard to entertainment, um, it ironically had nothing to do with trying to please the Lord. It had to do with trying to please the people in my church mm. uh, there in, in Idaho. So like uh, I would um, you know enjoy a Pixar movie or enjoy maybe a war movie that's mm-hmm. quite violent and has some bad language. And that language didn't um, didn't affect me or cause me to use that bad language, and it was ultimately portraying uh, heroism and courage and bravery uh, as a good, uh, praiseworthy thing mm-hmm. in a very realistic way. Um, and and I I found uh, edification in it, but I I felt ashamed based on the opinions of the other people in my church. Mm. Uh, so it's this weird, like, um, sometimes simply being, having the more conservative, uh, or, um, 
narrow way of doing things isn't necessarily the actually uh, more most godly thing. Sometimes yeah. you're just being a people pleaser, and the people you're trying to please are the religious um, uptight folks. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, I am going to just share a few verses about, I guess, the importance of where our thoughts are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Titus chapter 2, it's all about this stuff. So I'm just going to read a few sections. Uh, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves too much, uh, of too much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so to train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself up to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, who are zealous for good works. Uh, And that Titus passage just really shares what we should be diligent to focus on. Uh, And we as the body of Christ, like older women, older men, younger women, younger men, it even talks in there about slaves and masters, like, Literally, the body of Christ should be sober-minded, diligent, selfless, choosing family. Um, and in the world of entertainment, we can choose selfishness and choose our own desire to turn off our brains or fulfill that dopamine need or um, find whatever it is that we're seeking value in. And... I think that that's kind of just where my heart has changed while thinking of how do I enjoy entertainment because it's not a entertainment itself is not a sin, but how do then I check my own heart and make sure that I'm uh, thinking of things of, of the Lord and not of my own pleasure. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent points there. Uh, and it, we really can just make it more complicated than it is, yeah. you know, where, where that, that passage is, is so clear. Uh, and, you know, there, there still is um, discretion that has to be used and, and uh, room left for personal convictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thought that honestly crosses my mind, uh, there's... Um, the passage in Philippians that talks about whatever's true, whatever's mm-hmm. right. Uh, and then you think of the um, narrative sections of the Old Testament that talk about some brutal uh, or inappropriate or, uh, you know, all sorts of really intense kinds of R-rated content. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're like, okay, 
So clearly Paul in Philippians isn't forbidding reading this section of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's not like never think about these types of things that happen mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but it is uh, responding to either the tragic situations in, in the gritty, cold, hard reality of life or... Um, interacting with the more mature forms of uh, entertainment. And I'm not, of course, talking about the blatantly sinful stuff. Yeah. Um, but but let's say a war movie, Saving Private Ryan or Gladiator or something like that. Um, there's a Class. way to uh, interact with that sort of thing uh, in a redeeming way. Mm-hmm. And there's a way... Um, for instance, if you have just this kind of weird bloodlust, you should probably just steer clear of violent movies. Yeah. Um, if you go, okay, this is portraying in a pretty compelling way the the reality of war, and I'm I'm getting a sense of the point of yeah. of this conflict or whatever, then that can be a, a truly edifying thing. Not to like name drop movies or anything but one of the movies that literally falls into that category for me is the movie hacksaw ridge okay uh that was gruesome and foul but like so edifying and made me then have really good conversations of like because of my faith which is different than that guy's faith but because of my faith if I were to ever be in a situation like this, where would I lie on killing other people and putting myself in the front of battle and stuff like that? And it was absolutely by no means uh, like this great Christian thought movie. Uh, and yet it was a great moment of entertainment and quote unquote fun for all that it is to watch a war movie. And yet uh, very thought provoking and... Um, yeah, not harmful, I guess, to yeah. my thoughts and soul. Yeah, and it's that movie in particular. I th- I think that might be the most violent movie I've ever seen. Yeah. And what's interesting about it is it's a movie um, celebrating a pacifist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so here's this most violent movie I've ever seen. That's uh, the point of the movie is look at this pacifist and how wonderful he yeah. is. Uh, and it's like, whoa. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, don't watch that if your uh, <laughs> stomach gets turned by yeah, it's gore. Yeah, uh, Yeah. But <clears throat> what, one thing that's happened, uh, as I kind of mentioned, alluded to in the beginning of this was... Uh, the place of entertainment has come to um, occupy a much more central position in life. Mm. Uh, you know, the frontier days. Yeah. Uh, it's like people would wake up and work from sunup to sundown in order to stay alive. Yeah. And you might have an hour um, and, it, you know, they didn't have electricity. So it's like when it gets dark, you know, um, you might enjoy the company of your spouse or something, <laughs> uh, and then go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it is interesting the the amount of time dedicated to entertainment in all of its forms is, is absurd. And it yeah. are, if our forefathers could get a glimpse of how we spend our time, <laughs> they would, they would go, whoa, what? Yeah. And, 
um, that that was already increasing at a breakneck speed before smartphones, mm-hmm. and and now you know there's a movie theater in in teenagers' pockets. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one thing that's pretty convicting to me is is just uh, I you know if I have a situation that where there's a pastoral situation I have to deal with that there's a tricky passage I'm getting ready for um, on Sunday and I'm trying to work at our property I get home and I feel like this entitlement to like the way I'm going to spend the last hour of my day is just plopped in front of the TV. Mm-hmm. And some some days that's fine. Um, truly, I believe it's, it's mm-hmm. okay. Um, but it's weird that that has become my assumption of like, well, that's how I'm going to end a, a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And the vast majority of our ancestors, obviously, didn't end their day that way. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> I mean, you even walk down a hotel or in a grocery store and they have TVs playing live advertisements or some sort of entertainment. Like, you literally can't go anywhere in life where you can get away from it. Yeah. Unless you're in the woods where there's no cell phone <laughs> service, uh, which here is easier. Um, it is, yeah. But drive ten minutes any direction and you won't have self service. Exactly, <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the yeah, it's just so important to figure out uh, how am I going to combat what is so easy? And we talked about earlier, like you don't even have to think about it, and all of a sudden you're entertaining yourself with a screen, uh, and. Yeah, we we have a culture in which we don't even have to think about entertainment and it's already handed to us on a silver platter. So then with that, how do we choose to be sober-minded, diligent to serve the Lord? Um, And yet also enjoy entertainment and fellowship. Mm -hmm. How have you figured out how to go about that? (laughs) Uh, not particularly well, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the, this is this is just an area of my life where uh, there there's quite a bit of room for for improvement. Um, the on the spectrum uh, that I've alluded to a couple of times, it's just I have yet to find a place that feels like home mm. when you account for everything that the Bible has to say. Um, so the, the very, uh, busybody, um, kind of legalistic leaning attitude of, of the first church I was a part of, uh, clearly, uh, not biblical. And then the side of like, well, yeah, there's all, you know, this like gratuitous sex scenes, but like. Um, it's good art, so you know yeah. we can we can appreciate it or whatever. Like that, if you're gonna hold that up to the light of scripture, obviously it doesn't stand. And so, yeah. it's just uh, I'm kind of still a nomad wandering around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some households as far as time spent. Some some people. Uh, try to have some kind of principle of for for every uh minute of entertainment i'm going to spend that much time either in prayer or in the word mm. um 
that could work. You can obviously see how that becomes formulaic and robotic a mm -hmm. little bit. Um, I do know for some people that that has helped. Uh, some, I, I know uh, people who have, uh, they just say for a month, I'm just not going to do screens. Mm -hmm. um, and that just kind of, um, <laughs> not to sound hippy dippy, but the, it's sort of like a detox a little yeah. uh and you then um for some people uh that one month has changed the the rest of their lives so far yeah of um they don't they don't remain luddites and completely uh unplugged but they do um it's a little bit more obvious to them like oh i now i'm actually making decisions yeah rather than these uh, neural pathways that I'm just like doing without even thinking about it. Yeah. Um, so that's been helpful for some, for some people. But. Yeah. Uh, for myself and my family unit, we are constantly in communication about what our entertainment choices or how much time we spend in the entertainment world looks like. Um, it's, something that uh like has affected our relationships with others to where we've had to cut it back it's something that has uh time just spending time with my husband one thing that we do to like help spend time with each other is like watch a tv show together you know that like helps us have something to talk about and enjoy one another's company and um so i guess for us the way that we kind of figure all of this out is uh, to make sure that you are limiting yourself in the entertainment because there's just wisdom in choosing not to be filled with entertainment at all times. Right. <laughs> Simply, like, you need to limit entertainment, whether it's good, bad, ugly, great for you or not. There needs to be a limit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, to be... To have accountability and friendships affects how much entertainment or how I'm the entertainment's affecting me. So if I'm diligent to be in the word by myself and have a diligent prayer life and to be in community with other people and have good fellowship and have friends that are holding me accountable to my sin, um, then I'm less likely to need that sought out entertainment in my mm -hmm. life. Um, and similarly, like I need to have my heart in check so that my entertainment's not affecting me. Um, and that just comes from Christian fellowship. Yeah. So limiting entertainment, Christian fellowship, and then being wise in what we're choosing when we do choose entertainment. So like I said, it was not wise for me to have Instagram, Facebook, all the apps on my phone. It's not on my phone. Right. Um, if any sort of lust is your problem, you probably shouldn't watch dramatic lovey-dovey shows even if there aren't a bunch of sex scenes <laughs> in it like um whatever your heart needs in order to be diligent to glorify god don't watch those things or seek them out yeah. uh and we just have commun constant communication in our family about it yeah and i think uh, another principle that's good to uh keep in mind is is this form of entertainment uh improving the closeness of my 
in-person relationships or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's times where, uh, say, someone from church is texting me while I'm sitting at the breakfast table with Jason, mm-hmm. my, my son. Uh, I uh, Texting, I guess, isn't exactly entertainment, but it is screen time, and I'm on my phone rather than interacting with my son. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes somebody will text me, I'll answer the text. And then that's when that like subconscious, all of a sudden I'm on Facebook and I don't know how I got there thing happens. And then I, then Jason says, can you be done on your phone? And it's like, oh my goodness. Uh, you know, and that's heartbreaking. Um, and, uh, but for instance, um, uh, football, uh, uh, oh, Reformation Day. So on um, October 31st, uh, Danny and myself and Emily actually um, <laughs> went and we hung out at the church and ate junk food and watched football. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. And it was something like Danny and I would not have spent that time together if not for that entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, So it it drew us together. Going to the movies uh, with a group of people, we've done that a few times uh, with a few folks from church, and it's a hoot and a half, and it's time that we spend together, mm-hmm. and it, you know people don't look at it and go, "What a God honoring group of people necessarily," <laughs> but it's just one little strand of strong relational bonds mm-hmm. um, that I that I think are wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Um, as we kind of wrap up this discussion, I just thought I'd read from First Peter five. Lana, bring in the word today. It's true. Uh, <laughs> 6 through 11. Humble yourselves. Uh, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him. Uh, sorry, distracted. <laughs> casting Ooh. your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brothers throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, so I think that kind of hits some of the the key points there. Um, maybe someday uh, we can have an episode where we talk about... Uh, <laughs> there's, there's this concept I've thought about quite a bit. Um, bad Christian entertainment and good secular entertainment. Mm. And uh, <laughs> yeah. what... Why, as Christians, those things matter uh, but yeah. that can be a, a episode for another time uh anyway thank you for joining us do you remember what our next episode is going to be i think on? it's the holiday one. Oh, happy holiday uh <laughs> yeah so alana likes the holidays That's and true. um i like them more than i 
pretend that I do. <laughs> You're a mean um, one. I, yeah, Mr. I kind of play up the Grinch persona a little bit. But anyway, that'll be the next one. And then we will take a break for the holidays and then have uh, the rest of the season after the holiday season. Perfect. <laughs> Bye. Peace.